the one thing I don't have to tell you, do I? It'll drop a rock in your stomach, right through your pounding heart. And when your knees are so weak, you hit the ground, and you finally realize you don't got this. Well, now you might just make it. You see, the tallest tree may not weather the storm, but its roots do. So dig in, stand up, and let the wind blow. Because there's hope. All right, high five two people around you. Two. Two people around you. Let them know you're excited they're here. Okay, now I'm going to take just, I heard it. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, so everybody else, I just want to give the Lord a round of applause because here's the thing. I know that's a tough crowd. I Give the Lord a round of applause. Let's have a shout of praise. Let's get excited. How about our Vine worship team? They did an awesome job because here's what I know. Here's what I know. You cheered louder at the TV for about 10 hours yesterday than you just did in the house of the Lord. So just know that. Know that yesterday is football season. A lot of us camped out in front of the couch uh, that had time to do that. Uh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I wish I was that cool. Uh, but I know that a lot of us can get really excited this time of year. We can get fired up, uh, and we can give a shout and a praise when our team scores or we go to a baseball game perhaps and the, our team scores. I don't know. But some folks might have, may or may not have done that in the house of the Lord yesterday. So that being said, I'm so thankful you're here. I'm so thankful that God lets us be here because here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but this time last year uh, here at the Vine Church, uh, we were just praying over this place. Uh, we knew that we were about to start our preview service in the coming weeks, and we had a team come here, uh, prayed over every chair in this place, prayed over this gymnasium, prayed over our kids' area, and I know a lot of times where we are, uh, we, we tend to forget how blessed we really are, how blessed God has made us. And, and, and when we're in that season, if I'm completely honest, we're exactly where we are in this season of searching for hope in the dark. Because sometimes we think, well, God, I prayed for something and then I didn't see it the way I wanted it to happen. So I love that we're having this series at this time and that we're seeing that. So if you've got your Bible, uh, we know that you're going to be, we're going to be hanging out today all over the place. And so... I say this every week, but if you've got your Bible, we actually have a cool way for you to keep up with us, because this week we're going to be all over the Old Testament. I'm going to be real with you. So if you've got your Bible on your phone, if you want to pull that out, you can go to the Bible app on your phone. Matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now on mine. If you go to the Bible app on your phone and you click the More tab, you're going to see when you click that, this thing that says Events, you click that, and when you click on that, the Vine Sunday Worship Experience is going to pop up. And it's going to have all the scripture for you. More importantly, it's going to have ways that you can connect with us. It's going to have the series that we're in. It's going to have all of these things so that you can be with us. Because here's the thing we know. Sometimes when we're flipping through scripture, it can be real intimidating. You might be worried about what your neighbor thinks about whether you know where something is or isn't, right? Like sometimes we all get that way. Maybe sword drills weren't your thing growing up. And yes, I was that kid. So that being said, if you've got that, if you've got that and you've got your Bible app, go ahead and get that out because we're going to be in the Old Testament today. And I'm not going to lie to you, today I'm really excited because of what we're talking about. Um, through this whole series, we've been talking about can God be good when life is not? Because I know that all of us are in a season or coming through a season or been in a season where We've just been thrown into a sea of doubt, a sea of questions, a sea of chaos, a season where we're searching for answers that we thought we'd never have to find. Searching for answers that we thought to questions that we thought we'd never have to even ask. And yet all of a sudden, here we are, asking those questions, searching for a hope in the dark. And over these past few weeks, uh, we started our week one talking about how we can experience the peace of God through prayer how it's important to experience the peace of God through prayer and how we can have a relationship with him and how he works through that and, and answer the question, where are you, God? And last week, we talked about God's waiting room because none of us like waiting, right? Like what God's doing in his waiting room, like God is doing something bigger than you and how he's after something deeper than your prayer. And today is the day that I can get really excited. If you know anything about me, I don't look it, so hang in here with me. Uh, <laughs> I'm an action type person. Like, I'm a person who just, I like doing, I like going, uh, sometimes too much. Maybe if I did the treadmill more, 
have different results. But I like going, I like doing. Uh, and so today is kind of like an action day for hope in the dark, okay? So we talked about praying. We talked about when God makes us sit still and waiting in this season. And really quick, just to get you charged up, I don't know if you remember last week, but remember the bamboo. Wherever you are in the season you're in, don't stop at six. Remember year seven is coming. Don't quit at year three because you want year seven results at year three. Just trust God. Year seven is coming. Trust that. And so today we're talking about hope in the dark and embracing God in the valley. Embracing God in the valley. And I'm throwing everyone for a loop in the back. They're awesome because they get everything ready for me. But what we've been going through here is we're talking about embracing God in the valley. Our rally cry for hope in the dark has been Habakkuk 319. Habakkuk 319 that says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Tread on the heights. And so today when we're talking about the valleys, how many folks in here like roller coasters? I see some folks. How many folks know when you get older you need adjusted, right? <laughs> like you get adjusted from the roller coaster, right? Like how many people like being in the front seat of that roller coaster? How many people like being in the back seat of that roller coaster? You get tore up, don't you, from the floor up in the front or the back, right? Like it gets crazy. In the front, you get all the bugs. In the back, you catch, well, you know, if somebody gets sick, you're in bad shape. So you want to sit on the front, right? Like all of us like roller coasters. But here's the thing, here's the thing. If we're completely honest, this roller coaster, isn't life that way? Isn't life a roller coaster ride? Sometimes we're hanging on for dear life. Like, isn't it always the worst time ever when they take the picture too? Like, they find the one time you're picking your nose or you're doing something crazy. Like, it's the worst time ever. Yeah. Or you're like, ah, and you're just like, yeah, I'm not putting that up. But everybody else looks great in it, so they posted it from the group, right? Like, you just figure out it's the worst picture. And so sometimes when we talk about life being that way, our walk with Jesus is that way. It's full of ups and downs. Habakkuk 3.19 talks about us treading on the heights. And so if I'm completely honest, there are times that we love the God of mountaintops, don't we? Like we got the raise, we got the job, we got the spouse, our team finally scores. I don't know, our team finally gets a win. Maybe they're drought, maybe we're a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm sorry if you're watching online, if you're an NFL fan or <laughs> hadn't won in a long time. Uh, whatever that is, like maybe that's it. And we love the God of mountaintops, but we forget that God is not only a God of mountaintops, our God of the hills, but he's also a God of the valley. And so in this moment and in this season, today what I want to dive into for us is embracing God in the valley. And I want to talk about the most famous valley that we always hear about. And no, it's not Coolio Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> it's not Weird Al talking about Amish life. Oh, tough crowd. And whatever it is, like we've heard this, we've heard this, whether you follow Jesus for two minutes, 20 years, 20 minutes, don't even care who he is at all. Wherever you are, you've heard about this valley in your life. And this is where we're going to start. And when I talk about this being an action day, it's this, the most important valley that we're talking about. Psalm 23, 4. You'll see that pop on the screen if you're following along in the app. And it says, even though I do what? I walk. It doesn't say that I stand still. It doesn't say that I'm, I run. It says that I walk step by step, right? I walk through the darkest valley. If we grew up in the KJV world or in KJV, we learned through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I'm hearing a gangster paradise in my mind. I can't help it. Anyway, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. And so today when I'm talking about this, this is the valley we can all say we've identified with, right? Like we can say we've heard about this valley, we've seen this valley. It's not Death Valley. Sorry, Clemson people. Like it's not Death Valley. It's not LSU where it's Death Valley or Death Valley in California. It's not a valley on a football field. It's not a valley on a baseball field, a valley in a high school stadium. It's not any of that. This is the valley that most of us have heard about. And we can get encouraged in this and we get jacked up and jazzed up when we hear about this, right? Or we get really down and out and we hear this in the 23rd Psalm and we're just like, wait, wait, wait. I got to walk through the darkest valley? Here's what I want to tell you today. Your life is full of valleys. 
And inside, I want to walk through some valleys that are found in the Bible and maybe show you something. I believe Jesus is going to show you something you've never seen, but there are about eight to ten valleys in the Bible. We're not going to go through all of them. Don't worry. We're actually going to dive into five today, five valleys of your life, so that you can embrace, embrace, <laughs> embrace God in the valley. So are you all with me? You all ready to go? It's going to be interactive today. I know everybody's excited. Like I said, I know everybody got jacked up at football yesterday or today or tomorrow. I know, imagine like something good's cooking out. Speaking of which, you know about next week, those here that know what's going on, y'all know what's happening next week, so make sure you're there. So the first valley I want us to dive into, okay? No matter where you are in life, once again, whether you know Jesus or not, we all start out in this valley. So if you're taking notes, this is the first valley. It's the Valley of Sedim, the Valley of Sedim. And you'll see in the parentheses what that means, the Valley of Sedim or Sidim, However you want to say it, uh, just don't say it the wrong way because your friends may think you're saying something else. So, Valley of Sedim is the Valley of Sin. Okay, we all start there. I don't care where you are on the spectrum of, where, of if you believe Jesus or not, every one of us have been through this valley in our life. If we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've already walked through this valley because we know that he is the only answer outside of it. Some of us today may be stuck in this valley of sin, but I want you to know that the valley of sin is the first one we start at. And believe it or not, it shows up in Genesis 14, verse 10, and it talks about Sedim this way. Now, the valley of Sedim was full of tar pits. Doesn't that sound great? Tar pits. And when the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some of the men fell into them, and the rest fled to the hills. The Valley of Sedim is the Valley of Sin. So I don't know how many of you remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, but without pounding and going too deep in there, I don't know if you remember that. Abraham and Lot was there. Lot was Abraham's nephew. Uh, Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah with his wife and two daughters. Two angels came to Lot said, hey, you need to get out of the city because God's going to destroy it because of its sin. And God promises to rain down fire and brimstone down upon Sodom, thus the tar pits, Sodom and Gomorrah. And we, you probably remember this part of the story. Lot's wife looks back and turns into a salt pillar. Hey, everybody here is engaged. I don't know if you are online. I hope that you are. Maybe you commented that. That was awesome. A pillar of salt, right? Like she turned back and she tried to look back to go back into her sin and she was turned into a pillar of salt. And so some of us today, maybe we're stuck inside of this valley, this valley of Sodom and Gomorrah. And see, as, as, like I said, this is the first valley we walk through because all of us, all of us are born into this valley. Throughout the entire ages, from, from Adam and Eve, we've been born into this valley of sin. Here's the crazy part. We try to work our way out of it, don't we? Have you ever been in a tar pit? I haven't either, but have you ever seen a tar pit? It's pretty nasty, right? Like it's, it's something you fight against. It's something that you just constantly sink in, right? Like it's just something that the harder you fight, it's kind of like a swamp. The harder you fight, the more you go down. Like it's just it's something that's terrible. It's sticky. It's icky. It's hot. It's nasty. Like a tar pit is there. And so many of us in the valley of sin, what we do is we try to work our way out of it. We try to earn our way out of it. We try to be the right person. We try to do the right thing. We try to, <laughs> we try to either do that or we just give up and say, you know what, I'm never going to get out of this valley. There's no way and there's no hope and there's no way out, so I'm just going to stay here. The tar pit is just who I am. And so we get stuck there. And we never step out of that valley of sin. I've had the privilege of knowing a lot of folks here in the room today, and I know that they've stepped out of that valley of sin, but maybe you're watching online, and I just want to encourage you that if you're stuck in the valley of sin, there's a way out today. You know, none of us, uh, all of us have to come to a realization that there's a way out of this sin because this is the valley we start at. And at the end of this, we'll talk about the valley we all end at. Uh, the valley of sin here, uh, where we're at is the only way out is to receive by faith that Jesus is who he says he is. He power washes your soul by faith. He washes that tar away. He's already taken that tar on. He died on the cross for it, lived the life we couldn't live, rose again on the third day so that all of us, all of us could be there. So let me tell you this. Wherever you are this morning, however deep in sin you are, I want you to know this. Jesus is there with you. He's knocking and waiting. He's just waiting for you to realize he's right there with you side by side. So if you're searching for hope in the dark, I want you to know no matter what you did last night, no matter what you said on the way here this morning, prayed about it. Uh, no matter what happened, I want you to know that Jesus is there with you. And if the Savior of the entire world is there with you in the middle of that pit, 
Wouldn't you want to know that he's the way out? Or would you rather just stay stuck in the tar? I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that I reached the bottom of the pit in sin and know that Jesus was my only way out. And because of that, I can be here today and I can celebrate today that no matter what life throws at me, he is the one. He's the only reason I get to be here. He's the only reason I get to stand here. He is the one that is the key, that is the answer, that is the hope in the dark. So now that we've got the valley of sin, I want to show you a different place. The second valley that a lot of us go through in this valley of sin. I told you there's going to be five, so y'all hang in here with me. There's five valleys we're going to talk about today. The second valley that all of us inside of the valley of sin, the valley of Sedim, is we go to this next valley in our life. And maybe this is where you're stuck today, so hang in here with me. Okay, you're going to see the Valley of Eskol on the word. Minnesota Vikings fans get excited right now. I'm not talking about that, but it's the Valley of Eskol. And it's the Valley of Decision. Now, you're going to see in the verses spelled a little different, but I promise you we're talking about the same valley, all of us. So we all are born into this Valley of Sin. And then these next three we're going to walk through, we kind of go in and out of throughout our whole life. And then we'll land at the last valley when it's all said and done. By the way, hint, I'll go ahead and put my cards on the table. We talked about the last valley at the beginning. So, no, that's where we'll be. The valley of Eskol is the valley of decision. Here's where this shows up in Scripture, Deuteronomy 1. I told you, if you got your Bible, you can flip there. But if you got the Bible app, it's going to help you keep up with me, okay? Deuteronomy 1, verse 24 and 25 says this. They left, went up into the hill country, and came to the valley of Eskol. And they explored it, taking with them some of the fruit of the land. They brought it down to us and reported, it is a good land the Lord is giving us. So I don't know if you know where a skull is, but this is a story if you know anything about Tyler West and anything about the Old Testament. It's not always Elijah. It's not always Elisha. Those are my dudes. It's going to be Joshua. So this is the moment that Joshua's at. This is the moment that Israel is in the Valley of Decision, Valley of Eskol. If you're ever looking at a map, I haven't gotten to go to the Holy Land before, but here's the thing. Because of Jesus, I'll get to spend eternity in the new heaven and new earth. So it's all right. If I don't get to go there in this lifetime, I'll get to spend eternity there. So I'm excited about this. But if you ever study a map, the Valley of Eskol is right outside of the Promised Land. Okay? This valley is... So the, think about this with Israel. They've wandered, kind of like that valley of sin, for 40 years. They've wandered. And they're on the footsteps of the promised land, and they have to go through this valley. Here's the thing I want to tell you today. Maybe to go deeper into God's promise, you've got to walk through one of these valleys today, and you just got to trust and embrace him in it to know that he is there with you no matter what you do, no matter where you are. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you, and he will be there with you. That's where these people are with Israel in this promised land. They're on the footsteps of it. They send 12 spies out. They come back. They have to carry this fruit back. And this fruit is so big, it takes two men to carry back one set of grapes. Isn't that crazy? How many would like those grapes? Maybe they were watermelon. We know that down in the south. It was watermelon. Maybe that's what it was. But it was grapes. And the grapes came from the valley of Eskol. And it's the valley of decision. And this is the moment in our life where we are. Maybe a lot of us are in the valley of decision today. You see, all of us in that valley of sin, we had to come to the valley of decision whether we would trust God to step deeper in his promise. And the only way we could do that is Jesus brought us from the valley of sin because we made a decision to follow him, that he is who he says he is. So maybe some of us today have stepped out of that valley of sin and we're in this valley of decision and we have an important decision to make in our life. We, we, we got to decide if we're going to be buying a house. Uh, we got to decide if we're going to be selling a car or buying a car or going to college somewhere or going to this school or that school or, or moving to this city or that city or, or going somewhere back and forth. A lot of us are in this valley of decision today. And here's what I want you to know. You have a choice to make just like the Jews did in this, just like Israel did in this. You have a decision to make right here, just like they did in the Valley of Eskol. Wandered 40 years on the steps of God's promise. This was the decision whether they step deeper into God's promise and go into the promised land or they turn back and go to Egypt. So many of us can get through the valley of sin and then we come to a valley of decision and we get frustrated with God because it doesn't look the way that we thought it would look. It doesn't look the way we thought it would be. It, it just doesn't sound as sweet as we thought it would sound. And all of a sudden we have a decision to make. 
do we turn back and go into our sin or do we turn around and go deeper into God's promise because this is the moment that we have to continue to walk through that valley so some of us are facing a decision today some of us are trying to look like I said you're trying to figure out what school to go to or trying to figure out if you want to study for that test or not whatever that is I just want to tell you this whatever decision you have to make God is there with you he's asking will you trust him he's knocking on that door saying hey Will you just know that my plans are greater for you? That what I have for you is greater? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts? That, that I'm working everything out for my glory and for your good? Will you just trust me? Even though this valley is a valley, it's deep, it seems hard. You just left some tar pits. You might be scarred from the tar. There might just be some crazy things going on in your life, but you're in the middle of this decision. And believe it or not, you don't know which way to go. So you got to seek God. Ask God what that decision is. Ask him if he'll guide and direct your steps. Like when David talked about that, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God is with you in it. His rod and staff will comfort you. He will lead you through it. You just have to trust him in the decision. So my question is, if you're in the valley of decision today and you're searching for hope in the dark, where are you looking to to find your answer? Are you looking up here? Are you looking up here? Because if you look up, you look up to God, he will tell you the way you should go. It's up to you whether you make the decision to follow it or not. Can't make that for you. So as you walk through that valley, I just want you to know whenever you come to that, always do what God wants you to do. Ask God to help you. Ask him to lead you. But more importantly, do his will. Do his will. Don't do your will. Don't do what you think looks good. Ask God what his will is. Say, Jesus, what would you have me do? Just like Jesus was at the garden before it was all said and done, he said, God, if this cup could pass over me, not my will, but yours, ask him what your will is. Speaking of that, the next valley that a lot of us maybe are in today or maybe we've walked through is the Valley of Kidron. The Valley of Kidron. I'm going to say right. The Valley of Kidron. That sounded like a blockbuster. We're good. This is the valley of suffering. I don't know about you, but I hate being in this valley. It's a terrible valley to be in, right? We see this show up in 2 Samuel, and we'll give you some backstories to it as well, and I hope I'm not bouncing around too much, and we'll dive into this a little bit more at Greenhouse on Thursday. It's a wide-open invite to come hang out with us. Uh, we have a great time together. We dive deeper into God's Word, but this valley of Kidron, which is the Valley of Suffering, shows up in 2 Samuel 15. And it says this, The whole country wept aloud as all the people passed by. Now, before I go on in this, if you're taking notes, I just want you to see what happened. Remember I told you the Israelites were in the Valley of Decision. They were about to step deeper into God's promise. So they had a decision to make. Would they step into the promised land? Or would they go back into the wilderness? What does it say these people are about to do in 2 Samuel 15? The king, who is David at this moment, also crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the people moved toward where? The wilderness. You see, sometimes where David is in this moment is his son Absalom has took over. He's been at the city gate. Uh, he's been trying to turn people on, on, on the king, and David finds out about it. And in that, he has to flee Jerusalem. And so to flee Jerusalem, if you've ever looked at the promised land, once again, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been trying to study deeper in this. It's really crazy. But if you ever look at the promised land, this valley of Kidron is right outside of it. It's right outside of it. And let me tell you a little bit about it. I, I wrote some notes here to tell you about some things about this. This valley of Kidron is, is believed to be the deepest valley outside the city gate. Okay, so outside of Jerusalem. So David is leaving, he's, he's leaving the city of David, he's leaving Jerusalem. He's, he's leaving with all the people. He's going through this deep, deep, dark valley, the deepest valley, and guess what they see on the way out? If you've ever looked at the Kidron Valley on the map, it's the Valley of Suffering. It's called the Valley of Suffering because it's a graveyard. It's a graveyard. It's the deepest place. You see, Jewish 
In Jewish culture in Israel, they believe you couldn't be buried inside the city gate, so they buried people outside of the city gate. So if you go to the Holy Land now, you can see some, some people in the Bible that are, that, are born, that are buried there. Excuse me. Zechariah is buried there. Absalom, who David was fleeing at this moment, is buried there. James, the brother of Jesus, is believed to be buried there. All of these people are outside of the eastern wall of the city there. And this valley is also right outside the Mount of Olives. So it's this big, deep valley, this big Mount of Olives. But here's what I want to tell you. Maybe, maybe you're inside the Valley of Suffering. And I know when I'm in a deep valley, what does that make you think of? Like, does the sun shine much in a deep valley? It's kind of hard to see because of the mountain, right? Depends on where you're facing, right? Like, if you look north, then you probably can see it. But that's looking up, which is what we should be doing anyway. But this Valley of Suffering that some of us may be in, this graveyard, maybe, maybe we think the sun will never rise inside of this suffering. Maybe we're just in deep depression, anxiety, and just feel like everything is overtaking us right now, right? This valley of suffering. We may feel like we're in our own graveyard. <laughs> uh, we may feel like we're in our own graveyard, right? But I want to tell you, there's someone else who's walked through that valley, and his name's Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but and through Jesus' entire ministry, he walked in and out of that valley everywhere he went. He crossed through that valley. As a matter of fact, outside of that valley is also located this place that we just talked about, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had to walk through the Valley of Suffering to get to Gethsemane, where he prayed his last prayer before he was executed on the cross. He walked through the Valley of Suffering. He made the decision. He made the decision. He asked God, whatever your will is inside of that, right? But to get to where he needed to be, to do what he needed to do, he had to walk through the Valley of Suffering to get there. And so maybe where you are in your life is you're stuck in this Valley of Suffering. You wonder if the sun will ever rise. And I want you to know that even after you made this decision to trust Jesus, he's been there. He's been there. Do you trust that? I know sometimes it's hard for me to trust that. It's hard for me in the middle of my suffering to believe that I have a Savior who has walked these steps, who has gone down this road before, because I think I just have to experience it. My hard-headedness, just like Jerusalem running, or just like Israel running around for 40 years in the desert that shouldn't have take, should have taken weeks, literally weeks, 40 years, story of my life, uh, <laughs> weeks, right? Weeks, and my hard-headedness and my sinful nature, I refuse to believe in the valley of my suffering that Jesus has been there before. And what I know today is someone's watching online or someone's in this house, you're really in suffering. You paint a pretty face. Your pictures are all smiling. But nobody knows what you go through behind closed doors. I can tell you I live that life sometimes, and I can tell you I've been through depression in my life, and I can tell you it's not a fun place inside of this suffering. But what I have comfort in knowing is that Jesus has been there. And before he did for me, the, for me what I needed to get out of the valley of sin by dying on a cross for my sin and rising again on the third day, he had to walk through this same valley of suffering. So whether you're in this valley of decision, whether you're in the valley of sin, or whether you're in the valley of suffering today, I want you to know that Jesus is there with you. There is a hope in the dark. He is the only hope in the dark. He is sitting there step by step with you and you may believe that you're all alone and you may believe that you're the only one that's going through this and you may believe that no one else in the world will understand and i want to tell you there is someone that was in this world that understood his name is jesus he came down from his throne in heaven put on the skin of a man became flesh so that each and every one of us could have life no matter what valley that we're stuck in because all of us would be staying in the valley of sin without him and so if you're going through a valley of suffering today i want you to know that jesus is there with you. The next to last battle that we're walking, the next to last uh, valley we're walking through, I just gave you the answer to it, is the Valley of Elah. Elah. The Valley of Elah. Elah. However you want to say it. If, if your name's Elah, I'm sorry. Your name means battle. So, the Valley of Elah. Not Allah. Don't get that confused. The Valley of Elah. Elah. However you want to say it. It's the, 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 the Valley of the Battle. The valley of the battle. So we've walked through some valleys. So I'm going to recap before we keep going so you can hang in here with All of us start in the valley of sin. The next three valleys, as we follow Jesus step by step, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. As we walk back and forth through that, we'll walk through these valleys throughout our life. We'll walk through valleys of decisions in our life. We'll walk through valleys of suffering in our life. We'll walk through valleys of battles in our life. 
This valley is important because it shows up in 1 Samuel 17, verses 2 and 3. My dude, David, shows up here. It says, Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites the other with this valley between them. So Elah is where David stood across that hill and heard the giant come down and say, I'm going to defeat you. Your God is nothing. We're going to take over all of Israel. There's nothing you can do about it. And so maybe you're stuck in a battle right now. Maybe you're in this valley. Maybe you're just like David. And what I love about what David does there is, is he's not trying to figure out how he can defeat the giant himself. He just says, God has already won the victory. And so maybe you're stuck in this valley and you think you're all alone and you're trying to, I love this, the story of picking up the stones, but see, David only picked up the stones because that's what God called him to do and told him to do. It wasn't that he just went up there and said, let me go get the cannon blast to take out this giant because that's the only way that I know we can take him down. He just trusted God that he would show him the way to win the battle. And here's what I want to encourage you with today, Christian, is Jesus says, Jesus says, it is finished. The battle's already won. If you're stuck inside of this valley and you're battling something, maybe you're battling addiction. Maybe you're battling temptation. Maybe you're battling a sin. Maybe you're stuck inside of this battle and you think that there's no way out. You think that there's no way that you can find hope in the dark in it. And once again, I want to tell you, God says, I am there. As a matter of fact, God makes a way so, so much that we have to trust him. It says, Paul talks about this in the New Testament. He says that we have to put on the full armor of God to go to battle. And what I want to tell you is that the enemy will try to confuse you. The enemy will make you fear things, and fear will make you want to control the battle. And I want to tell you, you don't have control of the battle. You never could have won it. You can't win it on your own. Stop trying. It's God's battle to fight, and he's already won it, but he has equipped you to go through this valley by putting on his full armor. Well, if you remember the, the, the full armor, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the word, and the shield of faith, we go into battle daily. That's why we have to renew our minds. So maybe you're stuck in this valley right now, and you're fighting some battles. You're fighting addiction. You're fighting this temptation, and you think that just like that giant screaming across the valley, there's no way I can beat this. You're right, but Jesus has already defeated it. And all you got to do is trust him. It's that simple. Yeah, why do I make it so hard? Why do I make it so hard? You know, we're going to watch sports games here over these next few weeks, and they, they all have this formula to win the football game. It's not hard. Don't turn the ball over, control the clock, and don't give up the big play. It's that simple. If you don't like football, that made no sense. But if you do, we're here. So, if that makes sense, we're here. Just remember that. Say that around your friends over the next few weeks, and they're going to be like, man, they're a student of the game. They got this, right? Like, they got this. All three phases, y'all. And yet, following Jesus, I try to go in the battle, and I figure out my 12-step plan. I figure out my self-help guru. I figure out what leader I've got to listen to, right? Like, I've got to figure out what podcast I have to listen to, which, by the way, you can listen to us on a podcast, not saying don't listen to us, but I'm just saying, like, I try to find that out. I try to figure out who my lineup is. And, and listen, God will speak through other people to you, but my question is, did you start with prayer like we did at the beginning of this series? Did you wait on God when he told you to wait? And did you move in the valley when he's called you to move through the valley? Because here's the thing, he never created you to stay in the pit, he created you to go through the valley, all the way through. He gave his own chosen people his promise. Long before they walked into it, long before they walked across it, he said, you're going to take it. And so my question is, maybe you're stuck in this valley today, and I wonder if you just trust God's there. Are you going to let the giant scream at you? Are you going to let him make you cower away? Are you going to let him tell you that this isn't the way it's supposed to look? You're not worth it. It's not good enough. It's never going to be the way it needs to be. Your job's not the way it needs to be. You're, the, the, you, know, uh, you don't look right. Whatever that looks like. Are you going to let that giant win? Or you know it's just the devil, and he has no control. 
Because Jesus died, defeated sin, death, and the grave, kicked the gates of hell down, and made a way for all of us, no matter what valley we're in. Which leads us to this last valley, as we get ready to wrap up here in just a minute. The valley of Ben-Hinnom. The valley of Ben-Hinnom. You see, this is the valley we'll all end at. No matter what. We all start at the valley of sin, we all end at the valley of death. Ben-Hinnom. Ben-Hinnom. Now, there are some other valleys, if you ever look this up, that you can walk through, some really cool valleys that you can talk about uh, in the Bible, but I just want to make sure we know that all of us will start in sin, and if we stay stuck in that valley, we're going to go through the valley of death. Forget everything else. But our physical body, no matter what, will walk through this valley. All of us have the same same thing that's going to happen to us physically. We're going to walk through the valley of death. Jeremiah 19.6 says, So beware, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the people will no longer call this place Topeth, or the valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. Ooh, the valley of slaughter. So if you look at this, Ben-Hinnom, when Jesus was talking, it is actually the garbage dump of Jerusalem. It's always got fire burning. When he talked about this place outside that was like Shoal where the fire was burning, that was it. This was it. When he talked about hell, he talked about eternal Ben-Hinnom. So we all start at the valley of sin, but yet we will all go through multiple times of valleys of suffering, valleys of decision, valleys of battle, but we will all end in this valley. And here's the thing that I know. With Christ, death is highly over-exaggerated. It's not something I should fear. It's something that I know is going to happen. But with Christ, I already know where I'm going. I already know what he's called me to do. I already know the things that he's put in my heart, the things that he's called me to be. But it was only through him that I was set free from the valley of sin. So as you walk, maybe you're walking through the valley of death right now. Maybe it's physical death, relational death, financial death. Whatever death this is for you, I want you to know physically all of us will walk through the valley of death. David says it best this way in Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So here's what I want to tell you. Someone this morning is in the valley of sin. Come to Christ. Trust him as your Lord and Savior. Someone right now is in the valley of decision. Obey him. Obey him. Ask him to show you the way and do his will. Somebody who's in, who's in the valley of suffering right now, put, put your hope in him alone. Know that he right now is your only, he's your only hope. Depend on him. If you're stuck in the valley of battle, I want you to know it's already won. Whatever addiction, whatever temptation you're walking through, he says that no man will face any temptation that he hasn't already faced. He's already won it. Trust it. Go into it. And if you're at the valley of death, wherever that is in your life, I want you to know that as long as you have Christ, you're going to be just fine. As long as heaven and earth are here, and as long as God lives, as long as the eternal God who was and is and shall be forever, as long as God lives, he'll be with you. And the valley or on the mountaintop. God is who he says he is. So as we get ready to worship here at the end, I just want to ask you what valley you're in. You know, can you look back over your life and say that you've ever got out of the valley of sin? Maybe you think that your sin is so great that Jesus can't overcome it, that there's nothing that can save you, that there's no one that could love you enough that could do that. And I want to tell you that we serve a God who knew you before the foundations of the earth. And before then, he made a way for you to get out of the valley of sin, for you to step out of that sin. And the way is Jesus. He loved us so much that he came down from his mountaintop into this valley that is mankind, this world, and lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve, but loved us enough not to stay dead, but rose again the third day. 
He made a way through the valley. And he loves us enough. He doesn't just make a way through the valley of sin. He makes a way through the valley of every decision we make, every battle we face, every season of suffering we go through. He has made a way. So much so that the valley of shadow, the shadow of death, I walk, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil because of Christ alone. Not because I know the way, not because I've cut the path, not because I have the best answers. No, 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 no. I have the answer, and the answer is Christ Jesus. And so today, whatever valley you're in, I could give you self-help. I could give you a 12-step program, but it's this simple. Jesus is the way. That's it. There is no other way. He is the only way through the valley. He will not leave you in the valley. He will walk with you step by step. If you're in the bar last night, guess what? He's there with you. Don't stress about that. Ask him to come into your life. Receive by faith. He is who he says he is. Maybe you're in the valley of suffering. You're in God's waiting room, and you're in complete loss, and you're wondering if anyone cares. Does anyone notice? And I want to tell you, he is there to comfort you. Maybe you're in the valley of the battle, and you're putting on your armor, and you're ready to go, and you're wondering if there's any way that you can win this. Because the enemy looks overwhelming. And I want you to know that Jesus is there with you. And he has already done the work. It is finished. Maybe you're at that valley of decision. And so as you are here right now, I just want to ask you, where are you in that valley? Have you made the decision to follow Jesus? Because when we get to the valley of death and we step into eternity, it's too late. We have an opportunity right now in the valley we're in to trust that Jesus is who he says he is. So I'm going to pray and we're going to worship. And we're going to talk about how you can get through that valley. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to lift your name high. Thank you that no matter where we are, you are also. You promise us. David talks about the highest highs and the lowest lows. You are with us in the depths. He says you even follow us in our valleys of sin and our valley of 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 battle and our valley of decision and our valley of suffering. Jesus, you don't leave us or forsake us. So let us look to you in this moment. Prepare our hearts. Let us see you in a new way. Maybe, maybe no one knows the valley that we're walking through, but Jesus, you know it. So I pray that right now as we walk through the valleys of this life, I pray that we would trust you. I pray that we would see you. I pray that we would know that you are our hope in the dark and that we would embrace you in the valley like never before. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Now stand and sing with us.
temptation comes my way when I cannot stand up all Jesus, you're my hope and stay. moment that I told you each and every week this is why we do what we do is God didn't create you to stay in the valley of sin <laughs> sometimes it seems like the best place to be but it's nothing but a tar pit I don't know about you but I don't want to leave here and go into a tar pit when I leave today <laughs> it's not where I want to go to lunch much less where I want to spend eternity in a tar pit that don't sound fun and I want to tell you it's not and that there is a way. It's really simple. All of us are born into that valley. All of us are born into sin. None of us could work our way out, crawl our way out, get a treasure map to get out, eat a box of cereal that has a special toy in it. None of us could do that. It has a special map. that has a special place. It doesn't mean X marks the spot. It's, it's not that. It's not about the works we do. It's not about how good we are, how many times we go to church, how many Christian podcasts we listen to, how many Christian worship songs we know, how many Bible verses we've memorized nothing to do with that it's got everything to do with us trusting that Jesus is the only way out I'm not going to belabor a point I'm just going to tell you if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior here's your chance this is your time to get out of the valley of sin because my question is this you've tried to get your way out how's that working for you do you have hope in the dark can you say that no matter what life throws at you, that you have hope because you know that you were made for eternity, that you know that your hope is eternal, it is secure, and that the battle has already been won? So now is your chance. With every head bowed and every eye closed, all of us are going to be praying for the benefit of those who will come to the Lord for the, for the sake of them for the first time today. If that's you, we're all going to be praying this with you. So we're going to pray aloud this prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Jesus. I believe I'm a sinner, separated from you. I believe you lived the life I couldn't live, died the death that I deserved on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day. Come take over my life. Teach me to follow you through every valley the rest of my life. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, this is your valley of decision. You can't worry about what your friends think. You can't worry about what your family thinks. You can't worry about what anyone else thinks. This is your chance to respond. So if you're watching online, there's going to be a way to respond inside of this house. People will be responding, and I want to let you know, I'm going to count to three, and this is your chance. This is your way to get out of the valley of sin. So if you just prayed for the first time to receive by faith that Jesus is who he says he is, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, whether you're in this house or you're watching online, there's going to be a way that you can respond. Right now, if you're watching online and you see that there's a way to raise your hand, you just click the button. Maybe you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, 
wherever you're watching at live.thevine.tv or you're watching on YouTube live or you're looking at this podcast in the middle of the week, I want you to know that there are people that want to celebrate with you, that want to pray with you because no matter what we set up every week, no matter what we do each and every Sunday, wherever you see us set up, we do this because we believe that Jesus didn't make you to stay in the valley of sin. We believe that he made a way for all of us to have eternity with him. We believe that he wants you to be a part of the family so much so that he died on the cross for you and we want to celebrate that with you so if you would reach out to us at 864-580-6698 or reach out to us at prayer at divine.tv we would love 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 to celebrate with you maybe you're in one of those valleys right now we're about to pray together as a family in just a second and you just need prayer i want you to know we have a prayer team that prays for you and expectantly wants to walk with this wants to walk through this valley with you and expect wants to walk through this season with you if you just let us know at prayer at thevine.tv we would love to follow up with you so as everybody you're going to see some heads and some hands going across and everybody puts an arm on each other i'm just going to pray for us whatever valley that we're in because this life is full of valleys we started this off saying that life is a roller coaster ride not a highway even though it's a great song right Life is a roller coaster ride. The difference is the people that follow Jesus can put their hands up in the air and enjoy the ride because they know who's holding on to them. The people that don't trust Jesus are probably hanging on to the rails, are worried about when the ride stops. And the people that love Jesus and have trusted him as their savior just enjoy the ride that is this life, valley through valley, mountaintop through mountaintop. So I'm gonna pray for us right now. Jesus, just thank you again that we get to be here. All of this is because of you. There is nothing here that is of our own doing, our own making. This is all in obedience to you because you, you made a way for us. So Jesus, as we worship through this week, as we walk through these valleys, Jesus, let us feel your presence. Let us feel your peace. Let us pray to you. Let us sense you like never before. Let us us reach out in community to those that are around us that know you and trust you and let them know what we're walking through. Let us, in the moments that we're in in this valleys of battle and this valleys of decision, Jesus, maybe some of us are walking through valleys of death in our life. Jesus, I just pray that we would know that you were there with us no matter what. You promised prayer will bring us your peace. Also, even inside the waiting room, we may not see it in the season that we want to see it. So Jesus, give us confidence, give us hope, give us strength as we're waiting for our year seven to come. And today, as we're walking through these valleys, I pray that we would know we once again aren't alone, that we would know that there's a family, there is a community here at the Vine that is walking with us step by step. But more importantly, you are with us through it. So even when nobody else here knows, Jesus, you know. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that even though we walk through the valley, the valley didn't overtake us because you've already won. We ask all these things in your wonderful, your precious, and your holy name. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Come and join us next week as we continue and wrap up Hope in the Dark. It's going to be a great week. We're going to celebrate a ton. And hopefully you will come in this house because there are some people that are ready for you. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you next week.